Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast. It's Wazza and Dan. How you going, buddy? Not too bad, mate. Great to be here after another win. Yeah, sorry about last week's uh, podcast. We had a few technical difficulties, and hopefully we don't have them this week. So, but we're back midweek on Wednesday, is where we're supposed to be. So, before I get onto the footy, you can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. So, have a look at those pages if you haven't already. Um, we've got a tipping comp with the uh, Go Footy Boys, so we'll quickly go on to that. Um, Nick Nat Hearn still in the lead with 28. Eagle Boys second, 27. C Salvati's 26. Roger, 26. And Shell, 88, 26. But the winner of the round was Jimmy with eight. Well, that's the um, footy tipping, so let's get on to the footy. Um, injury updates, mate. Um We've got Brennan Archie, he's a test, so he could be back in the waffle this week. Oscar Allen, um, same with him. Old Hamish, he's another four weeks away. We've already spoken about uh, Eric. He He's probably going to be a year, I reckon. Doesn't sound good. Tony Alango, a week. Redden, he's a test, but I reckon he'll play. Shepard's a test, I reckon he'll play. Shuey, the same. Did a toe, apparently, but... Scott TBA here, but let's hope he's playing. Vardy's a week. Liam Ryan, 11 weeks. And unfortunately, Daniel Venables, 10 to 12 weeks. Uh, yeah, it was horrible seeing another ankle injury, sadly. But looking at that list, a lot of injuries. But, God, it gives me a lot of confidence when we got Archie possibly coming back into East Perth. we got Alango. It would be great to see what he's capable of. And then we got Vardy as well, Oscar Allen. Just further adding to our depth in that second squad and I'm really looking forward to especially Alan you know Archie was our only proper trade for a player um, really great to see what they can do there and see if they can actually push for a spot yeah the stadium grounds come under a bit of scrutiny saying it's a bit hard uh, Guffrey and Cocker too were both lower leg injuries there as well um, Ross Lyon come out today saying they're okay with it because it meets the requirements but it does need some work so I don't think that's cause the injuries because people have been falling on but people have said it's a bit hard underfoot but Eddie had had that problem when they started as well. Oh, I remember Eddie had was horrible back in the day but the turf shifting as well I remember divots and everything like yep. that but yeah I just there's got to be an unlucky factor to these injuries as well like especially Liam Ryan's one was very obvious that he just landed awkward his leg almost got caught under him and then even Venables, I think it was a tackle, you know, another player landed him. So I'm just, it's more me hoping I that it's not the oval as such because um, that, that it's not a quick fix. That's what worries me. If it is the oval, uh, there's going to be two, even possibly three years I think. of a lot of like leg injuries on this oval and I just really hope that's not the case. From some people that are close to the stadium in uh, that area, they said it's just not as much give as there should be, which can be easily rectified. Uh, so it was good to see uh, young Willie Rioli extend his contract to the end of 2020 and he wants to be a one-club player. Oh, that's great. He's just such a good kick on goal. And um, with Liam Ryan out, it opens up the opportunity to push him more forward, which we actually saw more on the weekend against the Suns. And, yeah, it was great. He pinched a couple of goals, but one of them was a set shot, but by no means an easy set shot. And he just nailed it. It was never in doubt. And then... He snapped from 55 metres out. Just Would have got dragged for that. Body. I didn't mind it because you, you watch the vision. Um, I didn't mind it because it, it went through. That's exactly right. Lacroix, 
if it wasn't on target, Lacroix maybe could have chased that because you could see Lacroix read the bounce and he backed off running for it. So I think it was one of those kicks because it was uh, half dribbled towards the ends. If it wasn't on line, there was still that fact that maybe Lacroix could chase it down. Right. But young player, his first goal, I'm glad he got it. But you do like to see them, you know, make it a sure thing and pass it. But yeah. I'm ha- personally happy with that. And oh, it's yeah. good for the future if you, you can just quickly turn and know where the goals are and kick it on your boot. And that was a 55-metre kick. He was well outside 50 to do that. And, and why you say that? could do that. It's a 55-metre kick, so go to Hungry Jacks and get your wobber. Oh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Nah, it's good to see. Um, and if you follow him on his social media accounts, he's one of those guys who's really happy and he actually loves being in WA, so that's a good thing to hear. So I don't we'll have a problem with uh, him signing up in the near future or going into the further future. Not like um, the rumours going around about McGovern, but that's another story. Um well, let's talk about the game, West Coast versus Gold Coast. West Coast ran out convincing winners by 80 points, 21-13, 139. To Gold Coast, nine goals, 5-59. Kennedy come back first game, five goals, a couple of were over the top. Cripps played one of his best games, um, four. Um, the best players for the Eagles through the media were Yo, McGovern, Cripps, Duggan, Gaff, Marson and Darling. And with the TNG voting that we do on our page, uh, Ye was three, McGovern was one, and Marson was two. Sorry about that. So let's get on to the talking points of the game. Our forward line was a new look with uh, Kennedy coming in. Uh, Darling just played one of his better games for the year again. Waterman stood up. It's good to see that he can work in with uh, Darling and Kennedy. Rioli did his job. Lacroix did his job. And Cripps had probably his best game in two years. Uh, he was in a purple patch, kicked four there. Uh, Darling had nine marks. He had three goals. Kennedy... Like I said, kicked five, a couple over the top, but he kicked five, so... Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Cripps is by far his best game. I've seen him play in years, to be honest. I remember a long time ago he kicked, uh, I think it was three years ago, kicked five goals in a game, but this was definitely his best return. And There was a bit of worry going in that we're too tall in our forward line, but see, the thing about tools is they put pressure on, and they're actually quite quick players. Like, Darling's one of the highest in the league for pressure acts for that and chase downs. Um, and I was just really good with Darling's effort because I was worried with Josh Kennedy coming in, maybe that curtails his effect because he's had a real good start to the season. And even though he wouldn't be the main man and he wouldn't have as good defender, you know, we might be more saying Josh Kennedy focused or something and it will curtail his. But he had a great game. And I just can't believe Josh Kennedy. I think you look at it, he kicked five goals, three. I actually had him third best on ground, even though watching the game, he didn't, it's hard because you watch the game. He wasn't the fancy one. He didn't take the best contested marks. He didn't get much of the ball. But he kicked five goals. And goals is, to me, a stat that's overlooked. And it should be the most important stat. That's what wins you games. And to kick 5-3 in a return game against May, one of the best defenders in the league, I think that is a momentous effort. So really great to see him. Great to see them all gel together. And we've mentioned Darling. We all know how good he is. Um, but... Again, the Victorian metre, oh, he's in good form. He's Well, he's he's kicking 40 goals on average every year, so he's in the same form. He's The difference is he's taking his marks. That's it. And um, last week, I believe he was the highest for contested marks in the competition, um, which is great. And see, it's still early times, but a month into the season, 
you do start to see something. Um, it's not just like, oh, he just had a couple good games. A month's enough to take a good measure on how the player's performing. And yeah, if he's averaging three goals a game, which would probably be just slightly under, he's on target for a 60-goal season, which is just, that is amazing for your second key forward. Um, and as we touched on, 40 goals forty goals a year player, that they don't grow on trees, you know. So to me, he was always this great player yep. anyway. And he's just gone to that extra level. We've briefly talked about Cripps. He had 15 pressure acts. Nine of his 17 possessions were contested. Took three marks inside the 50-metre arc. And like we said, he kicked four goals. And that was what turned the game when he kicked those three in a row. Yep. We were sort of like we were had control, but we didn't have the dominance. And I think he broke it up. Um, with the forward line, we had, what, 57 forward entries. So that's our average. It's actually average for the four games is 57.8 or something. So we're doing pretty good. Um, but you got to look at the back line as well. Shannon Hearn took 14 marks. McGovern, 13. Brass took eight. You know, they're doing their job. And a lot of them were contested marks. And some of them were intercepts. So they're doing the job. So we got to be happy with that. Um, going forward, maybe our midfield probably needs a little bit more because we haven't won a clearance all this year in our four games. Yeah, we're only missing out by me and numbers, but, you know, we're breaking even, basically, in the clearances. Yeah, that's it. We're, we're there about, so it's not too much a negative. I think we may have beaten, say, the Cats. I think one game we actually won overall by, it was like one clearance. Um, but the, against the Suns, we actually won the centre clearances, um, but just slightly lost the clearances around the ground. So overall, I think we just lost it by one. But as you touched on, the backs, the cohesion down back is great. And um, Barras, I just find such a good young talent, such a good kid. He gets a bit of a knock for his uh, one-on-one. He's not the greatest when he goes one-on-one with players. But he had 22 disposals as a full bat. So he's a he's a damaging, almost offensive bat, similar to like a McGovern that can take marks and he helps to rebound out of there. So a lot of our goals are scored from rebounding out of the back half, which is just great. Um and as we touched on as well, all those forward 50 entries, are. that's why uh, Josh Kennedy just was so excited to get back so he could, you know, utilise all these forward 50 entries because he's not used to that many a game. Um, so overall, I think, yeah, our weak spot's the midfield, but they're actually performing quite well and they're thereabouts. But then our back line and forwards are so solid that our team is kind of actually looking quite solid early in the season. I've been very impressed with the way they're playing their footy. And I know you're very proud about this guy because you've been arcing up about him all year and you've been getting behind him and you're one of the guys that does get behind him. Chris Marson, he silenced many of his critics. He finished with 30 possessions, 12 marks and two goals and a couple of marks were in the 50 metre zone. And to me, I've always watched Chris when I go play because when he was drafted, he was one of my favourites and I was... I'm going to be guilty of saying I knocked him a lot, but this year he's done his job. Forward to the centre. They've listened to us on the podcast. Forward <laughs> to the centre, and I had him second best on ground. So. Yeah, well, personally, I put that down to the great start to the season is the fact they're listening to our podcast, was it? So that'll be good. Um, yeah, Warren, he's one of my favourite players, Mass. I don't, I don't hide it. I think he's in great form. Um, the thing, though, is there's a difference between critics and haters. If you mention, oh, he's got haters... The critics sometimes feel like they're being attacked, but that's not the case at all. But I've never seen a player... I've seen one people suggest, oh, I'd love to see him 
one on one in the ring of a certain UFC fighter. I think it was a Brock Lesnar. So you see things like that, and you think, "Oh, that's a bit harsh." You want him to go one on one with a UFC fighter to get beaten almost. So, so I count that as not critic. I count that as more a hater. So it's great to see him in such good form, and he's just he's been such a good servant for the club for so long. And I just look at that trade, the Judd trade. You know, you mentioned Josh Kennedy for Judd. Sometimes I don't even mention Maston because it just opens it up to like people slandering him and so it's great that a lot of people actually stand going oh he's playing good footy we were wrong it's great let's see him continue and um, let's hope he does continue for the rest of the year well you did say that Judd trade and I forgot to mention that Josh Kennedy part of that he will break hopefully Peter Simich's record for goal kicking ironically against the team he come from Carlton <laughs> so um, you've got him and you've got Marson, part of that. We've won the deal. I don't care what anyone says. Tony not he um, unfortunately wasn't the one that didn't make it, but we can't all. But yeah. that's the way it goes. They, uh, they couldn't put size on Tony Not That was the thing. They saw he had raw talent, but they just could not put weight on this skinny yeah. kid. So it was just that one was a miss. But, mm. yeah, we did very well that draft. Um, and we talk about this guy every week, Nick Natnui, again, 50%. 56% of his match this week. Uh, 40 possessions, 4 marks, 33 hitouts. He had 4 clearances, and those clearances were awesome. He just lifts everyone. Um, all you hear is everyone playing how how good it is to go back out in the ground with JK and Nick Nat in the team and how much they lift with those two in, and that's got to be a plus for the Eagles. That's it. He, he's inspirational the way he lifts his players, and... Um, we had a few outs in our midfield, but then he comes back in and he curtails that completely. Like, I feel like we're almost stronger this year, our midfield, than say we were last year, even though we're a slightly more depleted midfield and younger kids in there. Um, and it's funny, his stats when he's only playing around the 50, 50, 56% game time is amazing. Like, you think if he played 100% of the game, his stats would be almost record breaking. That's how much an impact he's having this year. Nah, that's good. Um, if you go to our Next Generation Discussion Group page, um, we've got a new segment on there, which has basically come from this podcast because of Daniel with the revolving door. <laughs> and that's basically about these pair of players pushing up into the Eagles senior lineup. East Perth didn't play last week. They had the bye. They played Perth at Laflane this Saturday, where which is going to be our new new ground where we'll be based um so it's going to be a bit hard to say who comes up because no one played last week uh there will be one change because of venables unfortunately being out for the next three months if i have to ask you which player is going to be you only can pick one then who is it to come into the side uh i'll go party and uh, it makes it hard as you said when east perth didn't play last week but to- one disposals on a goal, then following up with 33 disposals and two goals. I find, yep, he comes straight into for me. And I can see the reason why you'd say that, but I'm going to go Hutchings will come back in because he'll come in for a run with roll for Patrick Cripps. That's actually not a bad move because Murphy shouldn't be playing, so I think with their midfield being so young and their entire team, so if you nullify and take Cripps out of that game, they don't have much midfields on the next level to then, you know, persist and carry that side. So that's probably not actually a bad move. So I'm thinking more get games into kids. But yep. realistically, now that you've said that, I think that's a very wise decision bringing Hutchins in. And 
now we are playing Carlton, we'll talk about him. This is their injury list. Um, Byrne, I think he's a youngster. He's three weeks. Doherty, he's out for this season. Matthew Loeb's three weeks. March, March Bank, that's the ex-giant. Uh, he's three weeks. Uh, another one of their juniors, McDade, he's four to five. Mark Murphy, the captain now for four to five. Uh, Pickett. He's out for nine weeks. Unfortunately, he just got redrafted. Savani's probably the only one that might come in. Uh, Tom Williamson's still three weeks. They've got Darcy Lang that might come come in for his first game. So, look, they've got a young team. They've got a lot of injuries. They're under the pump. But I reckon they do this every time we play. they play the Eagles. A couple of years ago, Carlton were in all... They're in a crisis mode. Everyone's going, oh, West Coast will win this easy. West Coast won it in the last minute of the game by seven points. So if we go on too cocky, you know, we could get rolled. We haven't got a great record at the MCG. So, Sorry. yeah, I, I don't know. Look, to me, we should be penciling it in for a win. But you never know what you're going to get with Carlton. If they play like they did against Richmond, where they are more attacking, I think we're going to have a good game. But... I think Eagles should have, you know, should have what it takes to beat them, don't you? Definitely. Like, Carlton do actually play well against the Eagles, as you touched on. But, see, these are the games I actually stress over and worry more. When you're an outsider to win a game and the odds are stacked against you and you're, you know, labelled as the underdog, that takes the pressure off the game for me to watch. When you're guaranteed it and say, like, oh, yeah, this is a win, pencil in the win, similar to last week with the Suns, I find... Those games actually worry me more because, you know, it's such an even season, as we touched on last week, we'll have ups and downs. So if they come out firing, had a big loss, you know, you're on the edge of your seat almost. You never know what you're going to get with these young sides. But that said, you know, I'd be very upset if we didn't beat Cullen and beat them well because they've gone backwards that side. They really have. They've been down the bottom for so long, I feel... They should be pushing a lot harder than they are. But that also means, well, can they turn it around? And does that mean it's a dangerous game in itself? But My only concern is the MCG. Our record at MCG isn't great. Um, but we've come back from CB all the time, which was a long, narrow ground to a round ground. Now we're at Optus Stadium. It's The dimensions are, well, the MCG is eight metres wide compared to Optus and four metres shorter. So I don't think it's going to be that big a problem that way. I think over the next couple of years, we'll see um, a big improvement on the way we play that ground, as you touched on. We're no longer on a very narrow, long ground like we were. Um, so that will help close the gap. And we need these games. JK said that it wasn't like playing in Perth. He said it was weird his first game at Optus. He goes, yeah. it was like, yeah. Oh. Well, you don't even think about that, but that's exactly right. He hasn't played on that stage. Yeah. We just think, oh, it's great. He's back. We don't really acknowledge the fact he's never played there. But um, these are we need these games. We need to play at the MCG. It's a joke we don't play there often. So these games, it's great for us, and it's against opposition where we could possibly get a win, try and change that. But I don't know if you heard about Murphy's injury. I heard a rumour that he actually done it running through the banner was it? which makes me think, oh, let's keep the tunnel, save our players and ban the banner. Because <laughs> if that's true, we can't have any more injuries. And to lose a gun player for four weeks for running through a banner... He's a little comical, actually. So he did it, because I heard he did it in the warm-up, but he's done it in the warm-up after they've run through the banner. Well, I, see, 
I don't know how it's true physical, but yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard he's run through the banner, sprays over, and it was a very late call-up. I heard he almost got through the warm, um, the warm-up, and then they quickly had to make the change. Um, right. So it would the, have been a nice fine there as well. A nice yeah, well, uh, thing to the AFL house. I don't know if they did get fined because it was seriously one of those things, and you just see the other player just quickly put a Guernsey on and run out. He was just so unprepared for that game. Like, Oh, well, that's so cool. Well, look, guys. Um, oh, wait, before we wrap it up, we got to have your margin. Oh, margin. Um, I'm, I'm going a bit higher, so I'm between 30 and 40 points, I reckon, that bracket. So I think we'll just slowly creep up and get more goals as it goes. Pretty consistent effort, I'm hoping for. Well, I'm hoping that's going to be the end score. I've got Eagles by 24 points. I know it's probably a bit soft, but... To someone about MCG, I don't know. But if we can turn it around and win by a decent margin, I think everyone will be talking about the Eagles a little bit more. Um, you know, you win a lot and you don't get mentioned a lot. Do you want to speak about that or is that in your bake, mate? Well, well, I'll jump right into it. I don't know. That is actually my bake. I am sick of all the footy shows and they're all culprits of this. It is no longer the VFL. It is the AFL. Um, we know that they like to run it like the VFL and the sport is backwards, but there's no reason the TV shows should follow suit. Eagles have a great percentage, second on the ladder, having great wins. We've got Josh Kennedy back, Nick Nat playing brilliantly, and we're surprising people that we, we are where we are after a month of footy. But still, we aren't talked about. They'll sit there and talk about Carlton being down bottom ladder. They'll talk about Collingwood being mid-tier team. They don't talk about us interstate players, and I find it's a joke. It's the AFL now. You're there to talk the footy, not Victorian footy. I feel if that's the way you want to handle it, have a VFL show. Um, Greater Western City's top of the ladder. Eagles are second on the ladder. I think they're the two teams you should be focusing on. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Um, That's why I probably don't watch half the footy shows, because it's uh, the glorified VFL. Um... My in the spotlight or the bake, whatever you want to call it, sort of the football, it goes off on a tangent like everything else I do. It's about the Gold Coast. So here's my game. We've all been to the Gold Coast. Beautiful one day, perfect the next. But after this weekend, you'd probably wouldn't want to be associated with them. Their football team was smashed by 80 points after spending the last 10 days in Perth. Was it the right call? Did they get into holiday mode? I guess you'll never know, but I'm guessing they won't do it again. But then, the next night back on the Gold Coast, we witnessed one of the worst debacles of a closing ceremony I've ever seen. Yes, I got it wrong. No sugarcoating it. The broadcasters, which I thought was Channel 7, and it wasn't, made the wrong decision, not showing the athletes and the flag bearers. And then it was like watching one bad cover band after another with the entertainment. Very amateur. In fact, you or me, Dan, could have organised it better. Let's hope in 2026, if Perth wins the rights of the Games, I take notice of what not to do. But then if it was me, I'd forgo the Commonwealth Games and go the World Track and Field Championships, as they get more people watching, only third behind the FIFA World Cup and the Olympics for TV coverage. Hell, it would be heaps cheaper, and you wouldn't have to put in the crappy closing ceremony. But back to the footy team, they still have six games away before they play at the home ground at Carrara. Blame that on your state government and maybe should have done a deal with them to use the Gabba as an away ground when Brisbane weren't playing there instead of selling a game to Fremantle. That's my bake, mate. Yeah, um, 
I couldn't agree with you more, but the Suns, they worry me that side. They have serious problems on and off the field. Um, I think what they've done kind of... It's great for WF footy, but I think it's the Victorians that should travel here more, not the interstate teams that already have a big travel burden. So the concept of selling games here I like. I don't like Suns. But that's what I'm saying. It's the corporate... It's the people behind the team making these decisions. And let's not forget... This is a team that gave pick two for Lockie Weller to Fremantle. For our this year's future pick, so this year's first round pick, we got four second round picks. And let's just look at even just last draft, the players. Liam Ryan, everyone's talking about. Tim Kelly, everyone's talking about. We're so excited for Oscar Allen. Uh, Petrol, Petrol Sally's the fastest one in the draft that went. And even Ainsworth, who we got, that no one really would know much about. Jakovic just praised this kid so much. So, so much talent. So, they effectively gave us four second rounds for one pick. But there's only one problem with that. The guy that was involved in all those decisions is now in our recruiting team. Well, maybe he knew that's why he did <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, is he more like Scott in charge Payton. of the trades or is he more like plays to pick, almost like the scouting Well, he's a scout. He was the main. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, but I just find they have... But to me, is the club thinking about money over four points? I've brought this up many a times when you sell a game. It's good for the fans, don't get me wrong, but sometimes a club wants money over four points. They gave away four points. I would have played all my away games, which is five away games, at in, at the Gabba when Brisbane are uh, down in Melbourne or wherever. Spot on. Make them travel to your state at least. So you still got the home state. And it's funny you talk about that. I think you hit the nail on how they sell games for money. We are talking about the team that sold a home game to China last year. So I think that's a very good point, Wazza. The rumour is they've tried to get out of that and St Kilda will be stepping in. But there's more of that to come. I heard that yesterday. I don't know if that's Rigididge and if it can be done this year. But I think it's if it's not this year, next year they won't be involved. Yeah, I think so. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. This one's a bit shorter. Um, get to our social media pages, which is the Next Generation Podcast and the Next Generation Discussion Group page. We're on Twitter. We're on SoundCloud, obviously, and Instagram. You can download any of the shows from there. And thanks for listening. Hopefully, we have a win at the G and we're sitting second or hopefully first in the ladder, Dan. That's it. Thanks for having me, first of all. And, yeah, go to the My Eagles. Hope you get a win and... Another bit of a percentage booster up the top there. Let's fingers crossed. That's it. Percentage. Thanks a lot, guys. This is the Next Generation Podcast. See you next week.